Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Bless the Lord for Jesus. Come on, let's bless the Lord for Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. We can do better than that. Come on, let's open our mouths and bless the Lord for Jesus this morning. Here's my worship, all of my worship. You deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. You deserve the praise. We give you glory. Let me have a bottle of water, please. We give you glory and honor this morning. He truly deserves the glory. And he truly deserves the praise. I bless the Lord today. He is good. And his mercy endures forever. Father, continue to move in this place. Have your way. And we thank you for it this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Thank God. Amen. 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 You may be seated in his presence. I have great expectation about what the Lord is going to do this morning. I welcome you to the house of the Lord, those of you who are here and those of you who are online. Whenever you're watching this, we just bless God for what he's doing. How many of you know God deserves the glory? How many of you know he deserves the praise? It won't take us thinking long about how good he is. We don't have to think long. All we need to do is just think. <laughs> just the fact that we can think is the goodness of God. And we just bless him for it this morning. I want to go into a word this morning that the Lord has put on my heart. It's, this is something that's been troubling me for, troubling my spirit, Brother Peter, for a while. And I was, I said, ah, Lord, do you really want me to preach this? How do you and teach this? Or, you know, what do you want me to do? But he just, I couldn't get away from this this week. And I was asking the Lord really just to, just to show me what to do and which direction to go. And I want to teach a lesson this morning, and I really want you to open your hearts. Open your hearts, and let's hear what it is that the Lord has to say. Because I really feel, I, I am, I'm at this place in my life that, okay, God, whatever you want, I want. Your yes is my yes. Your no is my no. Bless the Lord. Amen. So here we are this morning. I want us to go to the word, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk quite a few scriptures this morning, and so I really want you to follow with me and take your notes, take notes, because I want you to go back and when you write it down, or a lot of time when I write things down, I I remember. So you may see some of you may see me sometimes. I have my phone out doing service. I'm not texting, I'm not texting, but I type text faster than I type on the phone, even faster than I write. So I'm able to type notes, and I'm going back over them, and, and I'm just here. So take notes. Remember, so we can remember what the Lord is saying, not just today, but in every day of our life. I want us to go, first of all, to Acts, the 26th chapter. This is where we're going to start this morning, and I'm going to read the 28th verse. Acts, the 26th chapter, and we'll start reading the 20, we'll read at the 28th verse. It says this, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Let's read that out loud together. 
Then Agrippa said to Paul, read this part loud, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. I think this is one of the saddest statements in the Bible. It's one. I've got a couple others that I, that I feel are really kind of bad. But this one right here is ranking near the top. And when I say they're bad, I don't mean that the Bible is bad. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm, I'm speaking of the decisions that people made. Uh, just like, for example, one with Solomon after all God did for him. At the end of his life, he was drawn away by strange women. And the thing, the very things God told him not to do, those are the things that he did. To me, that's sad. That's sad. And, and but this one right here. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost, say that word, almost, persuaded me to be a Christian. I want to talk this morning on this just simple subject, almost persuaded. Almost persuaded. If you look at that scripture, you'll see it says, then Agrippa said to Paul, which means something had happened before. All right, we want to see here, Paul then was on house arrest. He had been, he had been arrested for teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so here he was, he was on house arrest, and King Agrippa, he was the king, he was the king then, and he, <laughs> he had heard that Paul was there, and he wanted to, to, to hear some things that Paul had to say. You know, he came, he came in, and his sister, who, according to history, his, who he was really, he was having an affair with, his sister, but he, she was there with him, and so many of them, Felix came in with him, and they were all there. But so they were there, and they went to talk to Paul. Agrippa, King Agrippa, he wasn't a Jew, but he was very astute on the Jewish customs and he knew a lot about the Jewish laws and he knew what was going on. He knew about Jesus being killed and how, how the, the, the Christians were going around preaching that uh, Jesus was raised from the dead and he knew that Paul was preaching these things too. And so here he was and they came in with all of their finery to the house where Paul was. They came in because he came to hear something. Maybe he wanted to trap Paul. We don't know. I, I, the more I read about it, the more I, I looked into that. We, they don't know why exactly he came, but they do know that he came to talk to Paul. They were there dressed in all of their finery. And, all of the, and one, one writer called them the glitzerazzi because they were, they were dressed. You know, he, was, he looked like the king. And, uh, 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 and his sister... Uh, she looked like the queen, and they were there to talk to this Paul. So then Paul told them he wanted to hear something, so Paul began to talk to him. And he said, he began and he told him who he was. He told him about his birth, how he was a Pharisee, and how his dad, well, his father was a Pharisee. And he told him he was raised to hate the Christians. 
he was raised to hate the Christians. He told them how he had persecuted the Christians and how he had even consented to having some of them killed. This is all before he knew Christ. Then he went on to tell him about his Damascus Road experience where Jesus knocked him off of the beast that he was traveling on and he talked to him. He talked to him and he told him how he was blinded. And then he told him how Jesus told him what he was wanted him to do for him. All right, are you following? You all probably already know the story. I'm sure you do. But then he told him that he was commissioned to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was commissioned. He was he this was his assignment in life. He said he was he was commissioned to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Now you've got to see now, as I said earlier, King Agrippa was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. Are you following me? So now Paul told them he was commissioned to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. And he also told them because they were, in, they were blind and they were in darkness. So now here is the king there with all of his finery. And all of his glitzerazzi as the person called them. And he said... Y'all are in darkness. He's telling them all about them. He preached the gospel. He told them how Jesus had been crucified. But how God had raised him from the dead. And this was the contention in that time. This was the big contention in that time. How God had raised Jesus from the dead. They didn't believe. So many, a lot of folks, the Jews didn't believe Jesus was raised from the dead. So now that was, nor did the Romans. So that was the contention. And then what was really the big thing was Paul's telling him from his own personal testimony. This is not something, Agrippa, that I've heard, but I saw him on the Damascus Road for myself. Can you see, are you, are you following me this morning? So here he is, he preached, Paul was preaching, he was teaching the gospel. He taught strong, he preached strong, he preached with confidence. He wasn't wavering, Paul talked to the king, it didn't matter, he was the king, he was telling the truth. Now already Paul was very learned, we understand that. Paul could speak all these languages, Paul had studied at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the most brilliant minds of that time. Paul was a Pharisee as he described himself, I, well he was a Pharisee among Pharisees. So Paul was nobody's little play play and so here Paul when he was talking to the king he said and then wait a minute before I even say that he had seen Jesus face to face the risen Christ so we're not talking about somebody who didn't know what they were talking about he came with all of his eloquence he told him he did what God had told him to do inside and God was using him and anointing him to talk and preach to those folks who were there that day so here God was working with him and through him. Paul also, he, while he was preaching, there was one man who was with him named Felix. Felix was a governor of that particular area where he where Paul was. And it made Felix so mad that he was so upset that he told Paul, Paul, too much learning has made you mad. He just blurted out. 
too much you learn, you know too much. You're too smart. You've gone crazy based on what you're being told and what you think you know. Too much learning has made you mad. But that didn't deter, didn't deter Paul. He continued to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The king was there listening. He was there listening. But I want you to see, and this is in Acts 26. Go back and read it sometime. All of that, all Paul's, is his message. And even though he was, he was, some people said it was him defending himself and showing why he was, he had done nothing wrong. But this was the message that God had for King Agrippa, Felix, and all those with him to hear. And this was their time to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. After listening to Paul, here Felix is upset. He's upset thinking too much learning to make you mad. You've gone crazy, Paul. But then I want you to look closely at King Agrippa. King Agrippa's response mm -hmm. to what Paul had to say. He said this, Paul, you almost persuade yes. me to be a Christian. Now that's sad. My Lord Jesus. You almost, almost persuade me to be a Christian. One could think that even though he understood everything Paul was saying, he refused. He took a decision. He made a decision that he was not going to accept Jesus. It could have been because of his position. He was the king. Could have been because of his authority. He, he, he was somebody. He, you know, he, he, for him to then say that Jesus was the risen Christ mm -hmm. would now mean what? It would mean he would have to go against the Jews and go against the Romans. Right. He would have to go against the Jews and go against the Romans. So he, being a politician, didn't agree with the Jews nor the Romans, but he simply said, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. But the real truth of that matter was that King Agrippa rejected Jesus. When you boil it all out, not only did he reject him, but the Bible doesn't tell of anyone else there in his company who accepted the Lord as Savior. There are other times when, they, when Paul preached, and he, when he preached, the Bible said, I remember one time, and I, I forget, the, I, I'm having a problem pronouncing that name, but there was one place he preached, it says, many didn't believe, but there were some who did believe. Yes, right. But in this case, it didn't say there was any, there were any who believed this gospel that Paul had preached. The thing that's sad about this whole chapter is that Agrippa was almost 
persuaded. I want us to look at Mark the fourth chapter now. We're going to go through the word here. In Mark the fourth chapter, starting at the first verse, it says, And Jesus began to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat by the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables. I want us to look at this. A parable is a simple story. But it was used, and Jesus was a master teacher. He was a master teacher. And he would use parables to illustrate a moral less a, a moral he would use a parable to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson okay so now in other words they knew a lot of them were farmers so now what he's now talk he's teaching them he's beginning to teach them about the sower and let's look at this. And he taught them many, many parables and said unto them in his doctrine, he said, hearken, verse 3, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Mm -hmm. Many of them, as I say, they were farmers. Yes. They didn't have the modern technology that they had now. What they would do, they'd put their, 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 their uh, seeds in a bag, strap it over, and they'd walk around, reach in and throw, reach in and throw, reach in and throw. All right, and I want you to hear me this morning. I want you to understand that this parable is not about the sower. Praise the Lord. All right. Okay? It's not about the sower. Mm -hmm. This parable is not about the seed. Yes. This parable is about the soil. I want us to hear this. And I want you to, with that in mind, I want you to hear the parable. We call it the parable of the sower. But it's not about the sower. It's not about the seed. But it's about the soil. Because it was the same seed that was sown in every place. Let's look at the places. Verse 4. And it came to pass as he sowed. Back up to verse 3. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. Remember, he has his bag. He's reaching in and he's throwing. He's reaching in and he's throwing. All right, so the sower went out to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed. He's throwing some seeds. They may have tilled the ground. But he's throwing seeds. As he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Now the wayside, if you look at what, what is the wayside? Have you ever been walking on the side of the road? Well, just walking. And a lot of people may walk on the side, and the, and the, and the soil just gets beaten down so much, and there is no grass growing there. There's nothing growing there, but then right over here, Further out, there's grass growing because that soil, this soil right here has been hardened so hard. Right. You understand? Are you with me? Yeah. The soil has been hardened so hard that the, the seeds cannot penetrate down into the earth. 
Are you understand? Are you hearing me? So now, the, since the seeds can't penetrate down in the earth, what does the word say? The fowls of the air came and devoured them up. They couldn't get into the earth. It didn't say that they didn't, the, soil, the seeds didn't fall on them. But it says as soon, but when they were sown and some fell on that wayside, the birds came and ate them. And then the next, and some, same sower, same sower, are we seeing? Same bag, same seed, same seed. Some fell on stony ground. This is verse 5. Where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up. Because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up. It was scorched. And because it had no root. It withered. I'm in verse, I'm in verse 6 now. Because it had no root. It withered away. Verse 7. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded. I'm sorry, I'm yielded no food. I want to stop there. I'm, let's go on. No, I'm not. Let me read all of this. In verse 8, and others fell on good ground and did not yield fruit that sprang up and increased. And wait, 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 wait. Let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. Verse 6. But some, but when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, <clears throat> it withered away. Yes, yes. Then verse 7. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. I want us to look at this. And some fell on good ground, and, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. And then verse 9 says, He... And he said unto them, this is Jesus talking, he that hath an ear, let them hear. Yes, yes. Then in verses 10 to 14, we're not going to read those, but in those verses, Jesus was talking to the disciples, because some of the disciples didn't understand first, then he realized everybody there, didn't, they didn't realize everybody didn't understand what he was talking about. But then what he explained to them, that it wasn't given to everybody to understand. You know, it's not given to everybody to understand. There are some people that I've met, and some of you in this place right now, you have quick understanding in the word. Mm -hmm. The word can be taught and you understand quickly yes. what God is saying. Yes. Every, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a gift when you can understand the word, Bartley, and when you can understand and realize that the word is, 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 is being taught and you can, you can receive it with an open heart. It's a gift. It's a gift. But I want us to look at this. So here Jesus begins in verse 15 to break down what that parable meant. He said these, this, and these are they. We talked about the wayside, but look at what it says. Look at what Jesus said here. Where the word was sown, but when they heard, when they have heard it, Satan cometh immediately. Immediately. Satan comes, say it together, immediately. We forget we have 
a real enemy. Who's seeking, John 10 and 10, whomever he, divide, he can devour. But John 10 and 10 tells us he's the thief who comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he says, Satan comes immediately and taketh away the word that has been sown in their hearts. And they are, like I said, like a beaten path along the side of the road. And what happens? See, because Satan doesn't want to run the risk of you hearing the word and receiving the word in your heart because it just might have some effect on you. Excuse me, not on you, on us. So he won't give us a chance. Those with the hardened hearts, he won't even give them a chance to possibly hear the word, meditate on the word, or even to ponder it. Why? Because he doesn't want to run that risk of possibly. And this has nothing to do with whether or not you're saved or not. There are people who've gotten saved whose heart is hard. Whose heart is hard. Oh, God. See, because Bishop said this, he taught this some time ago. He said, Satan's ultimate objective, and I think I'm quoting him, is not so much, okay, we're saved, but as long as he can stop us from purpose. Yes, yes. As long as he can stop us from our purpose, yes. he'll do it by whatever means necessary. Mm-hmm. Then let's look at the second group of people, verse, verse 16. And these are they which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with what? They're happy about the word. Ooh, yes. Wasn't that word good today? Ooh, this is what I needed. But look at verse 17. And have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time. Afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately what happens? They are offended. Because they have no root. Say, folks. The one soul on stony ground, who when they hear the word, they, they're happy. Ooh, who didn't, preach, didn't Bishop preach today? Ooh, that word, was, it was just rich to my soul. But because they don't take the word and apply it to your life, if we don't take the word that we hear and apply it, look at the what, 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 what happened here. Go back up. Immediately, they get offended. They were happy this minute. But right after that, they get upset. Why? Because they have no root. And the word of the Lord says they only laugh. For a short time. You can be faithful for a season. But because there's no depth. They go right back to their old ways. Help us here. Help me Lord. We've been working in our yard. I say we. My husband's been working more than I have. Tell y'all the real truth. I have done a little bit. Not much. But not much. Because I haven't done a whole lot of planting and stuff. 
But I found something that I have. I love, 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 love my hummingbird hanger. My hummingbird feeder hanger, hummingbird feeder, is hanging on what's called a shepherd's hook. It's a, a rod iron thing here, and it has an end on it, and you just hang it on there, and it just hangs down. And it's not just for the hummingbird feeder, hummingbird um, hanger feeders, but it's also for hanging flower plants. So I got this bright idea. I said, now, when I found one the other day, a couple of them the other day, and I got this one, and I put it outside by the mailbox. And I said, oh, wouldn't that just, because I stand after I put it, after, after Bishop is, you know, I come up with the ideas, he does the work, most of it. And so <laughs> after I've decided, okay, I'm stood back and said, oh, this looks so nice, but I think it would look nice to have a, 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 a hanging basket, a nice, pretty flower on the hanging by the mailbox. So I got another hummingbird feeder, I mean a shepherd's hook. And it says a shepherd's hook because it's shaped like a shepherd's hook. You know how they would pull the sheep with the hook. Shaped like a shepherd's hook. And I got it and Bishop was gone somewhere. So I decided I'm going to go out there and push it in the ground. And it's grass growing there. Grass is growing there. So I took the hook and, I, and it's, it's got like these two pointed things at the bottom, you know, so it can stand up. You push it, put your foot down, push it down, and put your foot on it, push it down in the ground. And so I pushed, and then when I pushed where I wanted it to be, it wouldn't go any further. It went about down this far, and it should be able to go like this so it'll stand sturdy. But underneath that, and I said, I'm going to leave it for Bishop to put up when he comes, because he can push harder than I can push. He pushed, and he said, Carmen, it's, it's hard under there. It's like rock. But it looked like everything was okay, Michelle. It looked just like the rest of the yard. But underneath that thin layer of soil is nothing but rock. It looked all right, but it was hard on the inside. What happens here, it, we can look all right, but when life hits us, life can just come at us. And then we can immediately be turned because there are no roots. God help me. So many people can look the part. We can dress like we saved and holy. We can walk like we holy. But we cannot sustain our walk or sustain our living because it has been only a surface experience. A surface experience. The top soil, the top level layer is so thin, but underneath there is none but rock. Hard heart. So which means there's no real in-depth relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can come and we can shout and we can sing and we can worship, we can play, we can do all of this stuff. We can be faithful in the church, but it does not mean that we have real relationship with God. Then the next group, verse 18, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, hear the word, and, and this, is one, this is another one of those verses that shakes me. And the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, 
And the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh what? Unfruitful. It isn't that the soil is not, isn't, is not good. Because the soil is good. It was good soil. And the reason we know that was good, look at this. And these are they which are sown among, they such as hear the word. But what happened to them? Not only was the word there, but they weren't watchful. If the word can, can, if the word can, can, can come in and penetrate. But something else has come in and penetrated also. Crack the, keep the door cracked, okay? Something else can penetrate, has penetrated also. The soil is good enough to grow the word. And it's good enough also to grow thorns yes. and thistles. Yes. All right. mm -hmm. Soil is good soil. Yes. But they weren't watchful of what was being planted. Mm. Or what they were allowing to grow. This can happen to any of us. Yes. Any of us. Yes. Jesus said that we must watch yes. as well as pray. I want to look at ver that verse 18 and 19 in the Amplified. It says this. And others are the ones on whom seed was sown. Mm -hmm. Can you put that up for me? Among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries and cares of the world the distractions of the age with its worldly pleasures and the deceitfulness and the false security of glamour, of wealth or fame and the passionate desires for all the other things creep in and choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. In other words, the thing that it was sent to accomplish didn't get accomplished. And it was in the heart. It was there. Mm -hmm. They weren't watchful. It was good soil. Mm -hmm. Remember, we have an adversary. Mm -hmm. We've been learning about the wiles of the devil. We've been learning about spiritual, understanding spiritual warfare. We've been learning about who we are and how to combat the wiles of the devil. But look at this. And this has happened. This is what's happened to a lot of God's people. Not that they didn't receive the word. And they loved the word. They were growing. But they were not watchful. All of us must be watchful. None of us. None of us. Start with me. Are devil proof. The enemy has been picking off children of God for a long time. There's a, there's, there's a passage in the word that says, Paul wrote, Demas has forsaken me. I don't know if you remember reading it. Having loved this present world. And Demas was out there preach, preaching the gospel and, 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 and working along with the other apostles. But he did what? He forsook the walk of Christ 
Why? Because he loved this world. God help us. It isn't that the soil wasn't good. It's what they allowed. The ground was fertile. The word took root. But, the, but so did they, the things that they desired. All right. Some folks believe God take too long. Mm -hmm. mm. Lord have mercy. And you know, we have an adversary who's after our soul. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I got to hurry here. Oh, Let's look at verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth Psalm 30, some 60 and some 100. Does it mean now that the ones who only received, who received, who brought forth 30 fold were not as good as the one who received, who brought forth 100? No. That was their measure. And God will say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant to the 30. So don't compare yourself with anybody else. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Yes, yes. Do if we have all of us weren't born, none of us were born in here to do what Paul did, to write the epistles to help many of the books in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But that was his measure. Yes. Peter only has two with his name. That was his measure. Yes. But that doesn't mean that Peter didn't get up and preach and 3,000 souls was added in one message. Yes. That was his measure. Are we understanding? So the, the secret is, remember, this is not about the sower. It's about the soil. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, when the word is received on good ground, fruit will be born. Right. Yes. Everyone won't bear the same fruit, but everyone will fulfill their God-given yes. purpose. Right. Yes. Mm. Yes. Ah, oh, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Let me, let me, let me hurry in so we can go here. How much time do I have here? I want us to look at something. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. I want us to go back here and look at King Agrippa. I want you to remember that Agrippa was a Roman. He wasn't a Jew, but he was... Uh, very learned in Jewish customs. So now Paul preached to him and his testimony was almost, almost. you persuade me. Uh -huh. Hallelujah Jesus. So many of us even though we are better than what we were last year or last month we still not living one hundred percent, and what the Lord, what the Lord, and this thing has been bothering me for a while, and I, I, I and I know He released me to preach it this morning. There are areas in our lives that we have not completely surrendered to the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and I want all of us to look. I'm talking about me first. We need to give God one hundred. Some of us feel that it's okay to hold on a little bit right here to unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. 
or it's okay right here for me to hold on to, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do that all the time, but, you know, and I always ask God to forgive me, and it's okay, but it's not okay. It's not okay. Some are slowful. Some are wanting. Some things want. Some people want the things of this world more than they want God. More than they want God. But, but, what we have to look at is we have been using Bishop. We have been using the forgive me, Lord, as a ticket. Because a lot of people feel like this. We do this, and God's going to forgive me. We do this, forgive me, Lord. <laughs> Cry a little bit, and God forgives us. And it's all right. But it's not all right. It's not all right. We hold the grace and the forgiveness of God too loosely. And, and it's like, if I do this, I know God's going to forgive me. If I do that, I know God's going to forgive me. Oh, no, 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 no. I did this for forgiveness. And I'm not talking about someone who gets caught. I'm talking about someone, we do it, and we, don't, we ask for forgiveness with the plan to keep doing it again. Are we understanding what I'm saying? Amen. We hold the grace of God too loosely and make excuses for our not changing. We're still doing things this week that we were doing a month ago. Are we only, and we're praising God and we're thanking God that he didn't deal with us back there and we're still doing the same thing. Are we only praising God for his love and forgiveness and that's all? But we don't have an intention to change. I want us to look at Romans the sixth chapter in the first verse, first through the third verse. And it says this, what? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound? God forbid! How shall we that are dead in sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Are we going to keep on sinning? When are we going to stop doing the same thing? How many times will God have to tell us about the same? And some of us, and this is a scary place. The scary place is this. That God not bothering us anymore about that same thing. Used to be, it used to bother, it bothered you. You cried when you did it, but you went back and did it again. Keep crying, you keep crying, you keep crying. And now, you don't cry when you do it no more. It doesn't bother you as much as it used to. It has become a lifestyle. I want to look at it this way. The Message Bible says it this way. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what's happening. That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. 
We left the kingdom of darkness and we moved into the kingdom of light. So are we going to continue to do the same things over and over and over again so that God can keep forgiving us? I should, we should, I should hope not. And we forget that these are the wiles of the devil and we don't see them as such. We are playing right into his hands. Consequently, our lights are dim. The light is dim. And we are called. <laughs> the things that we are called to do in Christ have gone undone. But let me, I'm, I'm, I don't have much more here. I'm going to stop. How many of us have heard the word, but it fell on hard soil? And Satan quickly snatched it out of our hives. Almost persuaded. How many of us heard the word and we understood it, praised God for it, and even purposed to do better, but we didn't give ourselves over to the Bible studies. We didn't give ourselves over to studying the word at home. We, where we used to pray, we don't pray like that anymore. And that same word that we heard and praised God for didn't take root in our heart. We were almost persuaded. And then, of course, those on good ground received the word and it was planted in your heart. But we didn't allow that same word to continue to wash us. And we were not watchful. And the thorns grew in. Stuff came in. Stuff came. We allowed it. So here we are almost persuaded. Now, when we should be teachers, according to Hebrews 5. When we should be teachers, we have to, it's like we have to start all over again got to lay the foundation of repentance all over again unto good works and where we should be we, we shouldn't be having, having to be fed with milk now but now we are needing to be fed with milk as opposed to solid food and when we should now be teaching others the ways of God we're having to be fed milk because we were only almost persuaded It's time for us to get to be up working for the kingdom of God. Let me tell y'all something. Jesus is coming soon. The time is shorter than what you think. And the thing that really gets me is that so many people live like they got a lot of time. I got a call, another call a couple days ago someone else in my family circle had the same situation happen to my nephew up everything was fine he just dropped he dropped we're praying for him god remember your mercy we're not promised tomorrow we're not promised tomorrow we, I, i'm not promised tomorrow Folks leaving here. Y'all people leaving. My heart goes out. My heart is heavy for those people in Texas. My heart is heavy. We're praying for them. My heart is heavy. My heart. Those people left home in the morning, some of them. The adults, parents sent the children to school. The kids didn't come home. I'm not, I'm not a fear monger. That's not where I am at all. But we're not promised tomorrow. God help us. God help us. 
So the question is this, how do you become fully persuaded? How do you become fully persuaded? God has given you everything, has given us everything we need to be fruitful and to bear fruit. Everything. There is not anything. If we have the Holy Spirit, if we're born again, we have everything we need in order to bear much fruit. We have everything we need in order for our lives to be productive and fruitful for the kingdom. Yes, yes. What more does he have to do? Yes. He's given us, the Bible says, the earnest of his spirit. He's given us Jesus. He sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus came with the Holy Spirit, born of the Holy Spirit, and lived and showed us an example of what it means to be fully persuaded. To be fully persuaded. So now we have that same spirit on the inside. But what a lot of us do, we chide with him. When he says don't, we do it anyway. And then come back and say forgive me. We live by the premise it's easier to ask for forgiveness than to ask permission. But that doesn't work in the kingdom. We have everything we need. If we allow the word to work, Allow the Holy Spirit to till the soil again. To get up and... <laughs> My father planted gardens. My father planted gardens. And I would see him dig up the soil. Dig up the rows. And when he would dig up the row, and then he would get, a, a, you know, one of those rakes with the three or four things on it. Uh, prongs or whatever it is. And when he would kind of smooth out the, the rows, there would be rocks in the, in the dirt. But this, this, this rake would, you know, is it a hole? A rake. It would rake and it would pull the rocks and he would be able to throw them to the side and whatever. We need the Holy Spirit to get a hole and go up under this superficial dirt, this top, so this thin top soil we have right here. And go up under it, dig that away, and go up under there and get the rocks out. Get all that hardness and those things that we've allowed to come in, the thorns and the thistles. The things that we've been living with and have gotten comfortable with. The things, oh God help us here this morning. The things that we, we're still on the Christian journey, but we've gotten comfortable carrying things of the world. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to go back in and, and till the soil again. Clean out that soil, get all that rocks out so that we can be vessels of honor. See, because the word says in the, in, in the great house, they're vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. But I don't want to just be in the house and be a vessel of dishonor unto the Lord. I want to be a vessel of honor. We've got to ask God to forgive us. Corinthians, the second chapter, second Corinthians 13 and 5 says, examine yourself. You don't even have, don't have to worry about nobody else. Examine yourself. I'm examining me. I don't want to live my life 
all my life and end up in hell. Hell is real. We don't live like we may not make it to heaven. Examine yourself and see whether you're in the faith. And then it says prove your own self. If God calls us right now, can he say well done, you good and faithful servant? I've, you've been faithful in a few things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many. When the word comes, we have to stop pushing it off. I say, I'll do that later, but I want this right now. I don't want to pray right now. It's time for me to watch this on the TV. Or it's time for me to do this. And when the Holy Spirit is saying you need to pray, you don't know who, whose life you're saving. It may be your child, your aunt, your uncle. It may be your mother. When the Holy Spirit says pray, we have to stop and pray. Ask God to search our hearts daily. When he says no, don't chide with him. Ask him to show you any darkness that's on the inside. Anything that's not like him. Yes. Feed on the word. Church, just like we eat natural food, we need spiritual food every day. Feed on the word. Spend time in the Word. Spend time talking to the Lord. Spend time in prayer. Seek the Lord, as the Word says, while He may be found. While He may be found. And call on Him while He's near. Look at your own life. Look at your life. Look at your heart. Look at your heart. Our hearts is the soil. What are we putting the most emphasis on? What do we love the most? What do we love the most? Is it the things of God? Or are they the things that we want from this life? This, the Lord talked to me first. He talked to me first. And I'm closing with this. Hebrews 12 and 1. You don't even have to put it on the screen. It says lay aside every weight. Every weight. And the sin. That does what? So easily. Beset us. That does so easily. Beset us. And then it says get him run this race with patience. That's set before you. Lay it aside. The, that thing that the Lord has been talking to us about a while and may not be everybody I'm just, I, I'm just saying what the Lord told me to say lay it aside this is not a judge you message this is let's get ready to go let's get ready to work let's get ready to work we cannot live any, any longer comfortable in sin and sin is not just fornication and adultery. No. Sin is holding stuff in my heart. Sin is slowfulness. 
Sin is not loving like I'm supposed to. Sin is, there's so much, sin is not when the Lord tells me to pray and I don't pray. That's disobedience. All disobedience is sin. That's sin. But let's go on to be 100%. How can we do the supernatural? How can the Holy Spirit perform the supernatural through us? Through simple obedience. How can our light be on 100? Shining in darkness. Simple obedience. Love what God loves and hate what he Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. I'll do that another time. Let's stand on our feet. Wash me, O oh Lord. Search me. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Cleanse me from everything that's not like you. Come on, let's talk to the Lord. Set me free. Church, I want to be used of God. I want my light to shine that men and women in darkness. There's folks hurting out here. People hurting. They don't know God, but they want to know him. And he's asking us, who are the light? Don't hide. Let's not hide our light under the bushel any longer. But let's purpose that we're going to live holy. That we're going to be fully persuaded. As Paul said, that neither life nor death nor things in this world or in the world to come shall separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's that same Paul. He, put, he preached to Agrippa, and Agrippa's response was, I'm almost persuaded. But that same Paul wrote to us to say, I'm fully persuaded. That has to be our testimony. To be fully persuaded. And, so that we, and we have to see and be apprehended by what has apprehended us. Oh God. In other words, let's let him catch us. Let's let him catch us. Hallelujah. Raise your hands before the Lord. Search my heart, oh God. Come on, talk to him. And know me. Here it is, shake it any darkness in me, those of you who are online, talk to the Lord. Oh, God. When you look on us, remember your mercy. Forgive us when we fall in short. Forgive us for where we've fallen short. Where we've held on to the darkness to satisfy our flesh. Flesh said no. Flesh said don't love. And we've held on to the darkness. Forgive us, God. Forgive us for not, for not saying what we the things we're supposed to say. Forgive us for saying things we weren't supposed to say. Forgive us for doing things we weren't supposed to do. Forgive us for not doing the things we should have done. For not loving your way. Forgive us. Forgive us for whatever it is in our lives that has caused the light. To go damn. Help us this morning. Help me. God, you called us to be the light. It's dark out here, Lord. It's dark and it's getting darker. It's dark. And Satan is doing all he can to keep us from shining the light. So, God, 
Some of us have fallen in love again with sin. So God, I pray this morning that you would take the desire for the things of this world out of our lives and out of our hearts. Help us to hate sin. Realizing that sin caused the light to be dim. Mm. Help us this morning, oh God. We believe you for it, Lord. We trust you. We thank you. Oh God, we bless your holy name. Wash us and we'll be clean. Wash us again. There's a songwriter said, I give myself to you. I give myself away so you can use me. We realize it's not by our might, it's not by our power, but it's by your spirit. So we bless you this morning. We honor you. We give you glory and praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Thank God. Come on, let's tell the Lord. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.